Good morning, everybody. And surprise, if you didn't know, I was preaching this morning. Um, I the hardest part for me always in uh, writing a sermon is is if I don't know, you know, what what I'm gonna be preaching on is picking the topic. And uh, so this year has kind of been fun because we have six chapters each week that we can pick from. And this week, I was like, oh. I could preach over Ephesians 6, and I could actually bring a sword with me up on stage. How cool would that be? You know, bring some armor up here. Uh, But as I looked over the scripture and uh, prayed about it, thought about it, I really felt called um, to preach over uh, Ephesians 4, the beginning. And especially as we as a church are moving towards a unified uh, service, uh, this is something that God has really been laying on my heart. And I'm really hoping that uh, he speaks to you um, through his word as much as he's been speaking to me this morning. So I'm going to reread Ephesians 4, 1 through 6 for you. And as I read this and uh, you see it up on the screen, uh, I want you to really think about the words that we're reading. See if you find a couple words that really stick out to you, um, speak to you. So I'm going to read it and then we'll pray. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all who is over all and through all, and in all. Uh, God, I just thank you for bringing us here uh, this morning to have fellowship, uh, to practice being your body. Uh, Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross to bring us together here this morning. And God, I just ask that you would speak through me, speak despite me this morning, God, to present your message. I ask that you would use the spirit that you have given us to grow us through your word, uh, to change us, and to bring us together. We love you, God, and it's in your son's name that I pray, amen. Uh, This idea of being one is something that was really important even before Christianity was formed. For the Israelites, it was something that was really important to them. And today, it's something that's really important to the Jewish community. They have this phrase uh, called the Shema, which I could be butchering, Uh, but it's this prayer that comes from Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, Deuteronomy 11, 13 through 21, and Numbers 15, 37 through 41. And uh, it can basically be summarized uh, from the beginning of Deuteronomy 4, uh, 6, 4. It says this, uh, Hear, O Israel, God is our Lord, God is one. And this is a prayer that uh, the, the Jews today uh, will often pray at the beginning of the day to close the day. And uh, many of their celebrations um, uh, during their Shabbat services and Yom Kippur, this is a prayer uh, that they use. In fact, traditionally for a Jew, uh, this is the last prayer, the last thing they say on this earth. Um, so being one has something that's been important since the creation of the world. In fact, our God is one, one in three persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit And it's kind of cool to me to think that our God had community, had fellowship in himself before he ever created mankind. And that community was good, and so 
He wanted more of it. He desired more. He created man, which was awesome. He said when he created man that it was very good. And every day of creation, God said that it was good. But do you know the first time that God says that something is not good in the Bible? We find it in Genesis chapter 2 in verse 18. This is what God says. The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Let me read that again. It is not good for man to be alone. We were a people created for community. God saw that it's not good for us to be alone. And so he created Eve. And I think sometimes we think that community maybe isn't good because Eve in a sense, brought sin in the world, got Adam to eat that fruit. But no, that relationship was a good thing. And our relationship with each other, it's a good thing. And we as Christians are not the only ones that acknowledge that community is good for us. Do you know that even atheists have their own form of church? Uh, All over the country, there are actual things called atheist church. Uh, In Seattle, there's the Seattle uh, Church of Atheists. Because they acknowledge and understand how important community is for humans. Uh, There's a Zulu proverb called the Ubuntu, which says that I am a person through other people. My humanity is tied to yours. Uh, And in the book uh, uh, Tutu, uh, it says, A person is a person through other persons. That my humanity is caught up, bound up, inextricably, With yours. When I dehumanize you, I inexorably dehumanize myself. See, we're not the only ones that see that our humanity comes through our fellowship with each other. Uh, In counseling, we learn often uh, and read about how destructive it is to the human mind, the human body, when we're kept in isolation, when we don't have fellowship with one another. God did not create us to live life in isolation. The church was not created for Christians to be in isolation. We are created to be one, to be one body. But what does it look like as a church to be one, to be one body? I have an illustration that I love to share when it comes to this idea of community. And I thought that I came up with it on my own but it turns out that it's been around long before I found out. I have this thing, this problem. Maybe some of you have it. It's called cryptonesia. We hear an idea, we forget about it, and then later on we think it's our own idea. It happens sometimes. But this is a good illustration, and so I'm going to steal it, and we're going to use it this morning. Uh, For this illustration, though, I need three brave volunteers uh, who don't have food allergies. So can I get three, three volunteers to come up here? All right, Kellen, come up here. All right, Myron, can I get one more? One more brave soul. I think Michelle wants to come up here. She's pointing at Matt. (laughs) Oh, all right, sweet. All right, if you guys would just come up, stand over here. I've got some blindfolds for you. I've got a a box of, of fun. You know it's a fun box. It actually... My box even has the word swag on it somewhere, so um, here we go. 
All right, I need you guys to blindfold yourselves for me. I've got one more. All right, can everybody give it up for my brave uh, volunteers, voluntolds? All right, so I've got some things each of you will try out for me, and I want you to analyze, tell me how good, how bad it tastes, and... Uh, And hopefully everyone in the audience can see, see what I've got here. All right, this is going to be good. Uh, keep your spoon. So I'm going to hand you a spoon. Uh, the spoon will be facing you. And uh, so I'm going to have you eat whatever I give you. I'll make sure everybody can see it. Oh, there we go. Yeah, maybe not, but. We'll let you guess at what it is uh, after you try it. All right. Myron, here you go. The spoon is facing you. Oh, oh my goodness. I was worried. All right. I'll just feed you if that's all right. Are you good with that? All right, here we go. Open up. All right. So how is it? All right, don't worry, I got some water for you. Here you go. If you hold out your hand. You can take your blindfold off. So how was that? I mean, I like cocoa powder. Oh, good. pretty good. You, you got it. Wow. All right, I'm putting your spoon right there. All right. All right, Matt, I'm giving you the same thing I gave Casey first service. Oh, wait, Kellen. Sorry. Sorry, Matt. All right, so uh, Casey told me that he couldn't taste, but I think he tasted this pretty well. So are you right if I feed you? All right, here you go. All right, how is that? You want some water? Yeah. Here you go. How did that taste, Kellen? Horrible. I'm putting this in your pocket. All right. <laughs> All right, saving the best for last. Here we go. <laughs> All right, everybody. You can't, you can probably guess what it is. All right. <laughs> Are you ready? All right, here we go. How is that? Gross. <laughs> Gross. All right, you can take your mask off. Here, here's your, your spoon. I have one other thing that I, I want you guys to, to try for me. Uh, I got some plates for you. So can you guess what that was, Michelle? Some kind of extract, yes. That was vanilla. We had vanilla, uh, salt, and cocoa powder. Uh, so I've got one last thing for you guys. If you want, one of you wants to take a plate. All right, try that and then tell me how it is. Yeah, I'll let you guys feed yourself this time. Hopefully this will get the, the previous taste. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Don't want vanilla everywhere. 
We already cocoed the stage. Um, all right, how, how is that, Mike? Right. Yeah, yep. yummy. Pretty good. Awesome. All right, everybody give them a round of applause. You guys can sit back down. So, kind of kind of crazy. Uh, the first thing, <coughs> sorry, the first thing that they tried was the same as the second thing they tried. I don't know if you guys picked up on that, uh, but these ingredients were all in the second thing that they tried, the cake. But for some reason, other than Myron, maybe uh, they didn't really like those ingredients. The church is a lot like a cake. You see, all of us are like different ingredients. We all have our own own taste, but that taste isn't meant to be alone. It's meant to be mixed together in the cake. And the problem is, when you don't mix these ingredients together, they're really not that good. It doesn't taste good to the people trying it. The church is supposed to be something that tastes good. It's something that should be enjoyable be wonderful. The church is about this right here, the body of Christ that died on the cross that brings us together through one spirit so that we can have fellowship with one another so that the world around us, we taste good. They will know that we are Christians by our love. We will work with each other side by side. We'll work with each other hand in hand. We as the church are supposed to be a cake not a collection of individual ingredients. But the problem all too often is that we are. We make church more about ourselves than the community. All too often for us, going to church is kind of like taking out a life insurance policy. We go to hear a sermon and pay our dues and offering so that when we die, we don't have to be afraid. But that's not what church is about. Church isn't about you coming here this morning and hearing somebody speak to you. Although that's good, the worship is wonderful. It's a way that we can have community, that we can connect to God. But the community, the unity is the focus. The relationship with God, the relationship with each other is the focus. 1 John, I, I skipped, 1 John 4.12 says this, No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. You see, through our love, we are brought together in unity. God actually lives in us, and we see God's love in each other as we have community, as we have unity. But all too often, the church is like a collection of ingredients, or most of you have experienced this. The church is like some dish in which way too much of one ingredient got dumped in. Like there was a time where we made a, a shrimp dish and we put way too much garlic in that thing and Annette couldn't eat garlic for a long time afterwards because it, it soured her mouth. That's not what the church should be like, but it is because often we have important ingredients that are missing and so all we get is this taste of one ingredient, those that are actually participating, being a part of the church, having community. This is something that was really convicting to me. You see, in the church, we get clicks, and we, we mix together a little bit with our select few people, but we don't push ourselves to make sure that we're a community, that we're reaching out to everybody 
in this room, everybody that is a part of this congregation that's a part of both services. This morning, I have some important questions to ask you. And the first one is this. Are you a functioning part of the church? Are you an ingredient that has been mixed together to make something that is wonderful? Or are you still a solo ingredient? And I have some more questions to help you answer that question. The first one is that I want you to ask yourself is, is it, have I been meeting with people in the church outside of a Sunday morning service? And in that time when maybe you have been meeting with people outside of a number, uh, normal Sunday service, are you spending time in prayer with them? Have you read the word with them? Have you asked about what's going on in their life? Have you served other people in this church, done things to show them the love of God that is in you? Have you shown people in this community through service the love that you have for them and for God? Ask yourself this question. How many church events have I been a part of this year outside of Sunday morning? How many times have I gone to a worship service or a service project? Am I involved in this church? Am I part of a ministry team? Am I helping in the little things like picking up chairs or the big things like watching the two- and three-year-old kids in the nursery? Maybe an even better question to ask, how many opportunities have I missed to become more of the community that's here in this church? How many opportunities have I missed to share love with my fellow brothers and sisters through service in the church? How many events have I missed that the church has had in this last year? You see, in order for the church to be a community and to be part of that community, it takes work. It's not something that happens naturally. It's something that we have to work hard for because of the sin and divisiveness of this world. See, COVID has done us all a great disservice. Newton's got his several laws of motion, and the first two are that a body at rest tends to stay at rest, while a body in motion tends to stay in motion. The problem is that COVID has put so many of us at risk, at rest because we have had to quarantine. We've had to distance we have isolated ourselves. But the truth is that through work and love for each other, we can still have fellowship despite COVID, despite the guidelines that are put on us. We can have community and share love and service with one another. This morning, I want you to ask yourself these questions, to wrestle with them, and to ask yourself, how can I better become part of the church? How can I become part of a wonderful cake? I want to end my sermon this morning the same way I began, by reading Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all 
through all and in all. Father, I thank you. I thank you for sending your son to die on the cross so that we could be brought together in community. I thank you for being a God who loves fellowship, a God who's given us the opportunities to have fellowship, to have community, a God who's given us the opportunity to serve one another. God, I ask that you help us as a church to come together to take those opportunities. God, help us to start being people who are in motion, who are living active for you, building a community that the world wants to be a part of. God, help them to see that we are Christians by our love and that we are one through your spirit. God, we love you, and it's in your son's name I pray. Amen.